Hey everybody, thanks for tuning in. The next 10 minutes are inspired by a rollerblader and a critical reading passage. I hope you enjoy it. Welcome to the engine. When I was going to middle school in the mid-90s, rollerblading was a really, really big thing. So people get inline skates and they'd get all kinds of different gear, pads and, and grind bars and everything. And they would do these really extreme, you know, rollerblading tricks. And this kind of led into the X Games and stuff. But it was a huge, huge thing around my middle school and then eventually high school. I mean, people would spend hundreds and hundreds of dollars on these skates, some made of leather and some have, you know, all these little attachments. I actually got a pair, uh, a couple pairs and, you know, had awesome wheels that were like blueberry scented and there were all these just accessories and it became a thing. But some, some kids were really really good at it like they could do 360 spins and land on bike rails and do these grinds down uh down handrails i watched one kid morgan he did he jumped up onto a handrail on a three-story staircase and not like helped himself up and then started going down but skated up to it leapt into the air landed on it on the sides of his on the sides of his rollerblades rode it all the way down, and then jumped off. I remember seeing that and just thinking, oh my God, man, how did he do that? And it was amazing. Like His balance was really tremendous, and, and it was great. Morgan was super popular, <laughs> and it killed me. It didn't really bother me. I mean, he was, he was a nice guy, and everybody knew that he was really good at rollerblading, that made it kind of cool, but he just had this air about him. And, I mean, what what normal person wouldn't want to have more of that kind of thing where people knew him and they knew he was really good at this thing and, and all of this stuff. You know, it goes in with just kind of understanding what the, what the pack mentality is in, in social education. So, of course, I, as like a 13, 14-year-old, get these rollerblades and I want to try it, want to try it. Because, you know, I swam, but I was not that great at swimming. I was okay, but... You know, it didn't get me any notoriety, let's say. So so I try to start rollerblading. I do. And I have, like, you know, my rollerblades. I'm taking to school some days. And some days I'd have my helmet on the back of my backpack. And I enjoyed rollerblading for sure. It was, it was something fun to do. It was a great break from swimming and water polo and the other things I was doing. But it never really did that much for me. It never really did that much for me from a personal side because... It wasn't, it wasn't like a big release of stress for me. If anything, it was a little bit more stressful because I wasn't that great at it. And I wasn't exhausted like I was used to, used to feeling after working out like swimming or water polo or wrestling or something. So it was kind of like, what? Ugh. So it didn't really do that much for me personally. And it didn't do a ton for me or anything socially. Like if I compared the impact that rollerblading had for me, and rollerblading hat from Morgan, these are just these are just two different worlds. And and it took me so long to mull that over. It was like, why? I don't like we did the same thing. He was really good at it, and it's like I for the last 
decades. I've just kind of chalked it up to, well, I guess he was just better than I was, and, and that was it. And I don't think that's right. I don't think that he was popular because he was good at rollerblading. There's a, there's a critical reading passage that I used to go through with my students in one of the books. It's about this guy Clayton. And Clayton is this musician, he's a celloist, and the passage is about this girl at this university being in love with him, and Clayton's a music student. And she goes and she meets him, and you know they go and have, have some food, and he starts practicing a little bit. And the whole time it's saying how he's so, you know, lanky and uncoordinated and a little awkward and she's just smitten with this guy she's just in love with him and uh then they go back to his apartment or the practice room wherever it was and start start practicing and that's kind of where the passage ends but it's this long description of her her silent love affair with this guy that that always left me wondering like why does she like him Right. And it's like, well, I guess I guess he's just really good at cello or something. And you know, it's not it's not beyond comprehension to see somebody really admiring an individual for being good at a particular activity. But but at the end of that passage, it talks about how he wraps himself around the cello and starts playing. And how he kind of becomes one with his instrument. And I realized that that's, that's really the key there. It's not, it's not just that he's good at it, but it's who he becomes when he's playing and who he is because of that playing. It's what the playing has made him into. Now, when I think back to Morgan, this is somebody who is not, incredibly physically built not super easy on the eyes but he could rollerblade really well now nobody or excuse me not nobody but most people never even saw him rollerblade they were aware that he did it but most people were not there watching him go down the staircase i think like only two other people were there but because morgan had this pursuit that he was very good at. He developed a level of confidence about himself, about his abilities, about who he was in the world because of this. And I think that's the thing that drew people to him. And thinking about my understanding of this guy, I was like, God, man, he's just got to figure it out. And again, it's because to some degree in this very small venue, he did have it figured out. He did believe in himself. He did understand who he was and what his capabilities were, and he always pushed those. And it was that level of confidence and understanding and clarity that at least made me admire this guy. And then I started thinking about all the other people that I knew that that were kind of popular. I mean, even in, even in college, some some friends I had on the rowing team, the goofiest, weirdest guys 
said the dumbest things sometimes. I'm like, what are you thinking? I don't think a lot of them were, but they had this level of confidence from the activity where they knew they had this skill. They knew they had this ability. They had this clarity of purpose and it didn't matter to them if they were not the most well-spoken. It didn't matter to them if they weren't the best dressed. It didn't matter to them if they weren't, you know, like this physical specimen that always worried about the perfect shoes and perfect shirt and all this stuff. And people are drawn to that. People were drawn to that. I could see it happen. People would just look at them and and see the way they carried themselves and and understand their lack of concern for what other people thought. And I think that piece of it gets lost by a lot of young people. I think they substitute the activity for the reason people admire them. Very rarely does anyone actually care about the activity. In rowing, nobody cares what you're doing unless you're another rower, and that's a very small portion of the population. Right? Musicians very rarely do is any portion of the population understand your endeavor. And certainly not many people understood what Morgan was doing, but it was the confidence that was drawn from that. It wasn't the activity. It was what the activity gave to the person. And I remember, I remember thinking about this as a middle schooler and, and an early high schooler and wondering, you know, gosh, what, what is it? What could I do? And I wish, I wish somebody had stopped me and just said, look, you're focusing on the wrong thing. Stop focusing on the rollerblading. Stop focusing on Morgan completely. You're missing the opportunity to focus on yourself. Focus on the thing you care about. Focus on your own competence and skill in whatever your chosen venue is. Focus on that. Become good at that. And that will allow you to not care about what other people may think about you. And ironically enough, I think that's when people respect individuals. When they really just don't care. When they just focus on their pursuits. It's the oddest thing. Stop worrying about what other people think. Stop worrying about wanting people to respect you or admire you. Focus on your stuff and people will respect you. And some will admire you. But you have to stop focusing on the wrong things. Focus on your goals. Focus on your pursuits. And the rest will follow. I'm Matt Todd. And this is the engine that drives me. Go out and crush it.